quick note before the episode starts. Unfortunately, my mic was not working and we didn't realize until after we were done. So just keep that in mind. The sound might be a little weird and not as high quality as it will be in coming episodes, but yeah. Oh well. Welcome to the first episode of Go Forward with Faith. Hi there. I am Elder Burton and I, And I'm Elder Finley. And we should all we're also going to make mention this was all made possible due to the technical abilities of Elder Agate. So we just want to give him a little uh, just a little shout out. Okay, go ahead and tell him what kind of missions you've served. Okay. So I, Elder Burton, I started out as a proselyting missionary, and then due to medical circumstances, I transferred to a service mission, which I gotta say, that was very interesting. Um, more on that <laughs> later. I'm Elder Findlay, and in case you didn't catch it the first time, and I had started as a service missionary. So, today's topic, we're going to be discussing the difference between service missions and proselyting missions. Um, just kind of our experience with them, and some of our thoughts with that. Uh, so, Elder Burton, why don't you go ahead and start? Could you tell us a little bit about your experience as a proselyting missionary transferring to a service missionary? Gladly. That's why I'm here. <laughs> so, it was. it's actually very interesting. I once heard a general authority put it this way. Every, every missionary who bears a tag is a missionary. However, the difference is in their assignment. It's a missionary with a teaching assignment or a missionary with a service assignment. That's how they've been putting it at these at zone conferences recently. And I really like that. I, I don't like distinguishing it between like service missionaries and teaching missionaries. That makes it sound like they're two completely different things. But in essence, they're actually really very similar. So the missionary purpose for the missionaries with a teaching assignment is to invite others to come into Christ by helping them receive the restored gospel through faith in Jesus Christ and his atonement, repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and enduring to the end. So basically, they're sharing like this great news that is the gospel. In fact, that's the Greek translation that the word gospel is based out of. In Spanish, it's evangelio, which if you take its Greek and Latin roots, it means good news which is a perfect way to describe this. It's really, really very cool. And basically, the purpose of a teaching missionary is to invite people to come unto Christ in this way. It's fellowshipping them. Mm -hmm. that's, a really, that's a really good word to use there. So I served my original proselyting assignment in Argentina, in Buenos Aires. And honestly, it was really very hard. Just like, it was exhausting in a number of forms, <laughs> especially physically, because we didn't have cars. <laughs> we, just, we had to walk everywhere, and we had like five-mile areas. Mm -hmm. Fun. But it's amazing just how many people can be so, like, how many people were closed off to this. I yeah. thought that if a missionary had the spirit that he could talk to anyone, and he could like help them feel and know the the truth about this 
I mean, that's basically what our mission president asked us to do, was to inform them of this gospel, of this good news, so that they can make an educated decision on whether or not they want to join, well, to join the fold of God, to put it in that way. It's amazing how hard that actually was. Mm -hmm. Because people are, it's, it's, it's easy for the natural man to become opinionated. And it's super easy for people to jump to conclusions, especially about the church, because there are so many rumors going around about us. But that's part of what we do. We help dispel those rumors and declare what this gospel actually is. Yeah, I I like to use the word declare. That's, you know, I don't know. I think that's a powerful word. It's really cool um, just to show the the purpose of a missionary. Um, One thing I've, I've, just as I was sitting here thinking about the difference between the the two, service mission purpose versus proselyting mission. Um, So the service missionary purpose is, our purpose is to help others come unto Christ by serving them as the Savior would. It says, we serve voluntarily in charitable organizations, church functions, and within the community. We will minister in his name to the one, just as he did, expressing his loving kindness. I've noticed that... um, both the, the rules and the purpose are seem to be a lot less specific as a service missionary. Um, they're kind of like, maybe I shouldn't say flexible, but they're just a little more vague, if that makes sense. Like They're, they're really very moldable to like the situation yeah, of the service yeah. missionaries. Yeah, because um, the, the teaching missionary purpose is um, inviting people to come to Christ and it's list specific things through baptism. You have all these steps that you get people to commit to, um, these ordinances and covenants that you want them to enter into. Um, and a service missionary, our purpose is very similar because we're trying to help people come into Christ as well. Um, but it's not always specifically through inviting them. We, we lead by Mm. example. And, um, it's often been said that our, Actions are more powerful than words, um, and I think that's a really, a re- it's really cool to be able to exercise that principle as a service missionary because you influence people who may not otherwise get uh, opportunities to interact with service with any kind of missionaries. Because uh, I serve with teachers who I know aren't members of the church, and because I serve in an elementary school, and it's a really great experience. But um, I think they're definitely grateful for the help, and they can. Um, see, and I'm not perfect, but they can see what it's like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And even, I've never technically mentioned Jesus to them, but they they see it on my badge and they know that I'm representing a church. And um, I don't know, I just think it's really cool to be able to interact with people who wouldn't otherwise have interactions with missionaries. It's very interesting like the post experiences of a missionary which with a proselyting assignment versus a missionary with a teaching assignment. Because I think in my few months as a service missionary, something that I've seen is that service missionaries have an air of humility about them that I did not see often with proselyting missionaries. And to be honest, I think that I think the, uh, that's the way that it is for a number of reasons. Because, well, obviously, it's hoped that one could teach the gospel and help fellowship and bring people into the into the fold of God through covenants. However, that's very strenuous, and for one reason or another, we were assigned to, to service missions. In no way does that mean that service missions are lower; quite the opposite. 
In fact, the two work together beautifully. In fact, there's a scripture in Alma that I would like to read. It's Alma 17. And this is the, the ministry of Ammon when he was going to the Lamanites, specifically to King Lamoni and his house and his kingdom. He doesn't state what he's going to do there specifically. I don't even think he knows what he's going to do. That's the, that's the benefit of trusting in the spirit, which either side of a missionary spectrum really gets, to, gets the hang of. But it says in verse Alma 17, 22, And the king inquired of Ammon if it were his desire to dwell in the land among the Lamanites or among his people. And Ammon said unto him, Yea, I desire to dwell among this people for a time, yea, and perhaps until the day I die. I like to think that he didn't know specifically what he was called to do among the Lamanites. Like, obviously, it included preach the gospel, but he did not have a specific plan. I don't think he did. I mean, it doesn't state anything. It doesn't say anything before verse 21, mm. besides they wanted to preach the gospel, you know? Yeah. As the chapter goes on, it's the famous story of Ammon saving the king's sheep and protecting the other servants. And then, long story short, King Lamoni hears about this. The other servants, like, talk about him, talk about his marvelous example. And, like, even King Lamoni says, And now when King Lamoni... This is chapter 18, verse 10. And now when King Lamoni heard that Ammon was preparing his horses and his chariots, he was more astonished because of the faithfulness of Ammon, saying, Surely there has not been any servant among my, my servants that has been so faithful as this man, for he doth remember all my commandments to execute them. That's something that service missionaries do remarkably well. They receive their assignments and then they do it. Service missionaries are really very action-based. Mm -hmm. While the proselyting missionary side, we're very much about like the doctrine. It's a lot more words. That's an interesting thought. Um, going back to the, the purpose um, of proselyting versus service missionaries, I think a, a proselyting mission is a lot more structured. At least when I first started as a service missionary, we, we weren't integrated yet into the, we're part of the Ogden mission now. That um, was a fun experience integrating. Yeah, yeah, we're still, I mean, things are still changing a little bit, but um, and so there, there was very little structure. We had our standards. We had, um, you know, that again are not nearly as specific as the proselyte missionary standards. Um, there's no, you know, specific bedtime. There's no. There's like a sample daily schedule, but it's very flexible, and you can make it work with, with your routine. And if I'm being honest, a lot of service missionaries still struggle with having consistency. But, um, myself included. Yeah, I know myself included as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very flexible. And I like what you said earlier about how it's easy to mold to specific situations. Um, and I think it's the opportunity to serve while living at home is really unique because it allows us to be able to learn how to be disciples in a, an environment where we're comfortable, uh, you know, with people that we know. And I, I feel like it, I imagine it must be hard for proselyting missionaries to keep up the habits they created out in the field because once they come home and they're in a completely different environment and um, everything changes. But as a service missionary, um, I kind of feel like that transition might be a little bit easier because we're already living at home and learning how to be disciples of Christ all day, whether we're on assignment or not. Um, 
Yeah. Anyway, there, so there it's are a unique opportunity. Yeah, there are a lot of benefits that come with uh, that come with either side of the of the missionary spectrum. And like there's a lot of advantages as well on the proselyting mission. I learned a whole bunch of doctrine. I did not know nearly as much doctrine as I did before the mission. Mm. And I'm not going to go into it, but let's just say a lot of it was really very cool having that like structured time just to learn about it and then to teach it. That's basically all we're doing. I mean, it states it in the missionary purpose. Our purpose is to help others to come into Christ by inviting them to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, namely faith, repentance, baptism. Elaborating on that and basically just coming to a really good knowledge of what that is. It's really very, it's a lot easier to do that as a proselyting missionary. Meanwhile, as a service missionary, a lot of it is based in action. And it's, I feel like it's a lot easier to develop these good habits as a service missionary. Not to mention, you get to serve in the temple, therefore you're being a missionary on the other side of the veil, which really very cool. Yes, that's that's such a that's another unique opportunity as a service missionary. I I get to serve you you do too as in the Brigham City Temple as ordinance workers and. Well, actually, it's not anymore. No, I they I had my assignments rotated, but anyway. Oh, anyway, but it's a great experience, really really amazing, to be able to work alongside a lot a bunch of old wise people and. <laughs> help people on both sides of the day. Okay, anyway, so so I think, I guess, uh, in conclusion for this part, uh, teaching purpose versus service purpose. Um, I would say one is, they're, they're just, they're doing the same thing in different ways. Would you put it that way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the concepts that... The concept of either missionary is very similar. Invite people to come unto Christ. But the way we do it, that is where the that is where we can start to make some differentiations. Um, I would add too that service missionaries have a lot more personal accountability because yes. you don't have a companion with you all the time. No. <laughs> um, and so that that can be really hard. When you're not on assignment, when you're at home, you can just slack off and not, not be diligent and Nobody really. Um, Nobody cuts down on you for it. You. Um, <laughs> the structure since we integrated has been a little bit better uh, recently because we now have district leaders and zone leaders, and I'm a district leader, and I check up on on everybody in my district every week and make sure that they have goals and stuff. And so we're we're working towards having that better structure. But for the longest time, it was all up to you to make goals, to learn the scriptures, to you know, to progress spiritually. And so that's, yeah. it's interesting because you don't, you don't have a companion with you all the time. So that makes no. it difficult. In fact, that's one of the things that I struggled with on my transition as, as a, as a proselytizing missionary to mm -hmm. a, to a service missionary. And I was like, Oh, all these, mi I still have missionary rules, but I don't have a companion to help me work with that. I still want to be obedient I don't want to slack off either. I don't want to catch myself slacking off, but that's a, that's going to take a lot of self-accountability. That's one of the great pluses about a service mission. It's a lot, you'll learn how to do self-accountability really very well. I would definitely say that neither mission, well, no, I mean, there's all, there's senior service missions, there's youth service mission, I guess, if we can still be considered youth. Um, I wouldn't say that any mission is better than the other. No. What really matters in any kind of mission is your intention. 
and your focus. And your focus should be on Jesus Christ. And that's what I really want to emphasize. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your, your experience from proselyting, switching to service? You know, there were a couple things that I found remarkable about a teaching assignment. So I'm going to name two examples. There was this first girl. I don't remember the name off the top of my head. It's in my missionary journal somewhere. But for the sake of argument, let's just call her Milagros, which Spanish translation, that actually translates to miracle, which honestly, she was. This was this little nine-year-old girl who hadn't been baptized yet. Her mother was not in the picture, but her father was. But he was not active. In fact, he kind of took a negative stance in terms with the church, which really was very sad. But they also lived with their grandmother, who was an active member, and this grandmother would invite us over every now and then, just like teach her the lessons and hope that at one point his father, her father's heart would soften. Like, I just remember asking this girl with my limited and poor Spanish because I was a very new missionary at the time. <laughs> I just remember asking her, so do you still want to be baptized? And she's like, yes. I was like, and you seem to understand a lot about it. I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, she couldn't really read very well, but she still knew quite a bit about Jesus Christ because the grandmother would take her to church. And, like, even just what she learned, she was still, like, very faithful, even though she wasn't technically a member. And I just remember she was a very special little girl because her younger brothers, who were very close in age, they were, like, running around. They were playing. They were being loud, noisy. But then there was her, and she was just setting a marvelous example. I could tell that she was an elect. Like, she was... There was something about that girl that was just... She was steadfast. She was diligent. She did not let the winds brush her down. Even though she was stopped currently from being a full-on member of the church, she still wanted to. That was her goal, and she did not take her eyes off it. That's cool. And then there was the second person. For the sake of anonymity, I'm just going to call her Ella. Now, Ella was the last person whom I was able to teach and baptize as a proselyting missionary. And she had a very similar spirit to Milagros. She, she did not back down. And she did face some opposition from her family in being baptized as a member because they thought of it as more of a cult than anything, mm -hmm. which I did hear that quite a little bit. And I heard some ridiculous things against the church, but that's a story for, them, for another day. But, like, she knew what this gospel was. And to be honest, she had been through a lot. Mm -hmm. I won't say what experiences she went through, but aside from facing opposition from her family, she had some experiences that would cause, like, a decent amount of trauma. But she stood fast. She had faith in Christ. Like, she knew whom she put her trust in. And that kind of strength, diligence, if I even put it, that was excellent to see. She even, I, I'm still in contact with her every now and then. She even, she even wants to be a missionary. That's what she said, like, after her baptism. She's just like, yep, I want to be a missionary. She's like, you're awesome. You are so awesome. Oh. I, the, meeting these types of people on a proselyting <laughs> mission is so filthy, stinking cool. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And there were a number of other people whom I met and saw baptized. But one thing about a proselyting mission is 
It's not about how many people you baptize. In fact, that's part of the mission president's purpose. Their purpose is to help cement their young missionaries and help them become lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. At least that's one that's one description I heard from it. I think it was President Holly. He's the current mission president for the for the Ogden mission. And it, it he didn't mention much in that moment about baptizing, about fellowshipping, about helping people make covenants. Sure, that's part of it. That's, that's the missionary's purpose. And a mission president has a lot to play in that. But his main focus is his missionaries. That's who's under his stewardship. And it's marvelous just what a proselyting mission can do for one's testimony. Now, if I remember correct, you, start, you, you mentioned earlier, you started out as a service missionary, right? Yes, sir. Pray tell, yeah. what was that experience like? So, uh, I'll try to, I'll try to be brief. It feels like a long story for me, but I'll start with, I, before I knew that I struggled with anxiety, before I was like diagnosed, I guess, um, I thought I was just a really fearful person, you know, I was like, I just have a bunch of fears. I just have to get over them, you know? Uh, and I, I was always very goal oriented and, and trying really hard to, to progress and change my life and, and really just find joy in life but I was just feeling so much fear about everything obsessing about anything and everything you know mm -hmm. um, intrusive thoughts uh, obsessive well I've also been diagnosed with OCD and that kind of stuff um oh really huh. yeah anyway um so I graduated from high school and there was a period of like eight months where I was very aimless it was like limbo you know I was watching all my <laughs> friends go get all, all their mission calls and they were leaving and and I was like, wow, this is real. You know, I, I, I had always planned on serving a, a mission. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely wasn't expecting a service mission, um, or I wasn't planning on it. Uh, I was just like, you know, you just you serve a mission. That's what you do. You serve a proselyte mission. I definitely was feeling pressure to get things going, watching all my friends get their calls and leaving and, uh -huh. and people moving on with their lives. And I submitted my papers, and the church family, well, Hold on a second. I told my bishop that I struggled with some anxiety in the past. That was after I, I had considered that maybe this might be, you know, a disorder or something that something medical, not, like not something personal. Right, yeah. right. Anyway, so I talked to my bishop about that. And he was like, he recommended that I go to the church family services, and so I got uh, sort of an evaluation done over there. They diagnosed me with OCD and anxiety and, and a couple other things, and um. And they recommended that I either do a service mission or I go to college for a year or two and just get some exposure out in the world just, um, just to sort of prepare because... Okay, so I struggle with perfectionism. And I feel obligated to meet expectations. Same. And I hate perfectionism. Yeah. It's, it's great. <laughs> and uh, the lady that I talked to at the church family services said... Um, I'm sorry, I'm making this really long-winded. She said... No, it's fine. ...that... Um, you could do a uh, proselyting mission, but, and, and she said you would be a really good missionary, but it would be really, really, really hard, basically, is what she said, because I, I would be all in, you know? I wouldn't leave anything for myself, I think, and I would have gotten burned out really, really fast. And so I prayed a lot about, you know, whether, what I should do, whether I should go to college first, or I, I, I really, really didn't want to do a service mission, because I felt like that was less of a mission i felt like mm -hmm. if i did that god would be angry with me because i was taking the easy way out you know a service mission you just live at home you do assignments it's like having a full-time job but you don't get paid right it's like yeah 
Easy. That's, <laughs> it's amazing. A lot of people like understand the misconception that a, that a surface mission isn't lower than a proselytizing mission. Yeah. Anyway, However, so... it's before you get your mission call that you don't understand that. Yeah, so I, I struggled with that. I prayed a lot, and I really, I really just wanted a definite answer, but the answer that came back to my mind over and over again was, whatever you choose will be the right decision. I hated that answer. I hate I, that kind of answer, really too. Because <laughs> um, I just wanted the decision to be made for me. But eventually I did decide. I decided to do a service mission. And I talked to my stake president. He submitted a recommendation to the mission office that I do a service mission. And what he told me was actually a little nerve-wracking. He said, if the first presidency decides that I still need to serve a proselyting mission, they could call me to a proselyting mission. Oh, so shoot. Like he submitted the recommendation. <laughs> but there was a period of a couple of weeks where I had no idea what kind of call I was going to get. Oh, mercy. So that was terrifying. But That would be terrifying. I, oh. I got a, an email that confirmed that I was okay to do a service mission, and then I got my call. And at the time, when I got my call, it didn't say, uh, you're called the Ogden mission, because we weren't a part of it. It was like the Box Elder mm -hmm. mission or something. Anyway, um, yeah, so, so that's how it happened. And I expected my service mission to be a breeze. And I thought it was going to be <laughs> But it's been really hard. It really has, for a number of reasons. Um, I've done a lot of things outside of my comfort zone, which, you know, missions are for growth and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I really am. And I've, I've seen Heavenly Father direct me as I've done the best I could, even though my best doesn't look like other people's best. I've, I've done the best I could and I'm, I'm still learning to accept my best, you know, with that perfectionism. It's easy mm -hmm. to constantly feel like you're never enough, but mm -hmm. I'm learning that, uh, my best is enough and I've seen God's hand in my life. He's directed me in ways that I didn't notice in the moment, but when I look back and see the what I've gained from the experiences I've had, I'm so grateful that I experienced the hard. Some days I don't want to get out of bed. I just want to sleep away life's problems, you know. It's very Some days easy. Are really hard. It's very easy to do that, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> But I have a testimony that small and simple, by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. I just know that on days that I study my scriptures, I make the effort, even, even though I don't feel like doing anything, I just make the effort to study my scriptures. I listen to conference talks. I, I do the, the little tiny spiritual things and slow down, give myself space to ponder in my day. Then my day goes so much better and I feel closer to God, even when it's hard. Because... That gospel is a firm foundation. Yeah. It's amazing the kind of foundations that missionaries can find in the gospel once they realize, oh, this is legit. <laughs> and every missionary has, has their moment where like, whoa, okay, yeah, this is, this is real. This is true. And that's one of the major benefits of serving a mission. Yep. I, if I'm being honest, I think my biggest convert on my mission has been myself. That, yeah. I've grown closer to Christ. I, I think before I started my mission, I didn't understand what coming to Christ meant. I just, like, I, you know, you hear people bear their testimony about Jesus, and I, I always had a testimony since I was little. I, I can't remember a time I didn't have a testimony, but I realized one day it wasn't really as strong as I wanted it to be, and I wasn't sure what to do to change that. And I was like, what does, you know, they say, come unto Christ. What does that mean? Like, it, it feels so... 
uh, what's the word? Cryptic, I guess. Just not vague. like, yeah, vague. How, what does that mean? What does that look like in your day-to-day <laughs> life? You know? And I feel like there was a, a period uh-huh. of time when I was reading my scriptures every day. I was going to church. I was doing everything, you know, be, I felt like I was being a diligent missionary. I was on time to all my assignments. I was always looking for ways that I could serve others. And I just didn't know what I was doing wrong because I felt like my spiritual foundation was not where I wanted it to be. I've been uh, praying a lot recently and just every morning I get down on my knees and I, I ask Heavenly Father, what is one thing that I can do for you today? And most of the time it's been slow down. Uh, that's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do. Uh-huh. And I get that. I've realized that I just, I tend to fill my life with stuff, you know, but it's not bad stuff necessarily, but when you don't give yourself time to breathe, you get burned out, and honestly, you're not as close to the Spirit as you are. Uh, I don't know where the scripture is that says, be still and know that I am God, but uh, isn't that in Doctrine and Covenants, like, do everything that is in your power and then stand still, um, yeah. something like that, to see the salvation of God? Yeah, that also relates to the scripture in Mosiah. It's, um, uh, it's by grace that we are saved after all we can do. Yeah, I just think... That it's important for us to be still because the world is, I don't know about you, but to me it feels like it's just increasing in speed. It's always in a state of perpetual motion, even when we're asleep. With social media and news sources and movies and and so much, there's just so much to do that if you don't Mm -hmm. give yourself Mm -hmm. the time that you need to breathe to really actually grow closer to God, you won't survive spiritually, just like what President Nelson said. This has been quoted so many times. In coming days, it will be impossible to survive spiritually without the guiding, The I think he says the constant guiding, comforting influence of the Holy Ghost. And I believe that. It's a I fire quote. It in my life. It's so applicable. If... If you were listening to this and you have yet to serve a mission and would like to, one of the scriptures which you are probably going to learn by heart is DNC 4. And this is applicable for service missionaries and proselyting missionaries, even senior couple missionaries. It's basically the word missionary. If you're a missionary, DNC section 4. And we were forced to, we, well, not forced. We were asked to memorize, <laughs> we were asked to memorize this as proselyting missionaries. However, I memorized it in Spanish and I'm giving this in English right now. It's just seven verses. Now behold, a marvelous work is about to come forth among the children of men. Therefore, O ye that embark in the service of God, see that ye serve him with all of your heart, might, mind, and strength that ye may stand blameless before God at the last day. Therefore, if ye have desires to serve God, ye are called to the work. For behold, the field is white, all ready to harvest. And lo, he that thrusteth in his sickle with his might, the same layeth up in store, that he perisheth not, but bringeth salvation to his soul. And faith, hope, charity, and love, with an eye single to the glory of God, qualify him for the work. Remember faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, brotherly kindness, godliness, charity, humility, diligence. Ask, and ye shall receive. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Amen. 
no matter what side of the missionary spectrum you're in. As long as you're serving with God, He will serve with you. He will, uh, he will support you in your efforts. And that's the great thing about this gospel. I think it was President Oaks who said this. In the gospel, you get credit for trying. It's not the results that always matter. Yeah. It's so filthy, stinking marvelous. So many prophets in the scriptures that gave their lives to preaching, but they didn't always have people accept them. I mean, take a look at Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He was crucified. <laughs> if that's if you're judging your success based on how many people you convert, then Jesus Christ was a failure. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. He converted a ton of people and well, like, yeah. literally started the church. But I guess what I'm saying is that if he were to be judged by if by his ability to convert everyone in a 100% or 0% world, in a very black and white world, then yes, he would have failed. Yeah, but he was the most successful person who ever lived. Mm-hmm. So, keep that in mind. Yeah, no, no one can measure up to his standard right now, but give it your effort and learn and progress. Honestly, in either side of the missionary spectrum, like these attributes listed in verse 6, work your hardest for all of them because they'll benefit you in the mission whatever you however you may serve and throughout your life mm-hmm. ultimately i think um the point i really want to hammer home is keep god in your journey and everything you do um because the gospel ultimately like I, I used to think of it as sort of like i have my normal life and then i have the gospel Mm-mm. being mm-hmm. a service missionary has taught me that they're one and the same. They, Your life can be completely, 100% focused on Christ. Your career, your family, every single obligation that you have can be focused on Christ. Um, it's very individual, obviously, and it's something you have to learn for yourself how to do. But um, It's look unto me in every thought, doubt not, fear not. Yeah, yeah, every thought, not some of your thoughts, half the time. It's <laughs> always. And so going to church every week is a good thing, but what do you do? What are you doing when you're not at church? Mhm. It's the things that you do in private that show your devotion. Yeah. I mean, exactly. it's what the savior said when he gave the sermon on the mount. Don't pray in front of an audience. Like that's not the only place you should pray. I mean, of course, if you're asked to, by all means, go. But, like, he says, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And it's such a marvelous scripture. So on that, on that same theme, um, Isaiah 2.19 says, Behold also, if I whom ye call your king, who has spent his days in your service, and yet has been in the service of God, do merit any things from you, oh, how you ought to thank your heavenly king. We... Ultimately, we can't merit anything of ourselves. We are worthless creatures, it's been said. <laughs> but we do have worth, because great is the worth of souls mm-hmm. in the sight of God. Um, so, But just remember that Heavenly Father is the source, and Jesus Christ is who we should we should uh, focus our lives on. Mm-hmm. Um, Missionar- he is the way. Yeah. Missionaries in and of themselves shouldn't seek glory. I mean, there's a scripture that I really love. It's in Almar Helaman. And I was like, lay hold upon every good gift and do these things that 
it may be said of you that you were a good servant, but don't do it for worldly praise. And how I think of that, I would love it, I would love it at if at the judgment seat of God when I just imagine he has my file on my life and then he opens it and is like, Yeah, you were a diligent servant. I just like that that Heavenly Father's praise is who you want to seek. That's the kind that you're gonna like that's gonna last an eternity. I was like, Yeah. I think this has been a good discussion. Is there anything you wanna add before before we bear our testimonies? Just another word of thanks to Elder Reggett for making all this tech jazz possible. I don't understand yeah. a lick of it. I suppose I would just like to close with my testimony that I know that this is the work and that this is the work and glory of God. And I know that whenever we are in the service of our fellow beings, we are in the service of our God. And if we have desires to be part of that service, then you are called to the work. And go find where the Lord needs you to be. If that's either serving a mission with an official tag, or maybe just being an example and carrying that tag in your heart. Just go be you, a disciple of Jesus Christ and a child of God. Employ who you are in your service and who you serve. I bear witness that he knows, he knows all of us. He knows what we're capable of and he asks us to become, he asks us to become more, to become better, to improve. And in the end, that's all any of us can really ask. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, I would like to bear my testimony that regardless of what kind of mission you serve, we, I mean, we are all missionaries. Even if you, just like what you said, even if we don't have a badge, we can serve Heavenly Father. And that is ultimately what we're, what we're trying to become. We're trying to become servants of God. And I have a testimony that as we put our trust in God, everything in our life aligns. And we have the strength to press through our trials, no matter how difficult they are. I know that Heavenly Father lives and loves each and every one of us. I know that Jesus Christ is the Savior. And I know that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the one and only true church on this earth because I've experienced for myself the peace and joy that, that it brings. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for for watching and listening and yeah, this has been a lot of fun to put together and record. Honestly, yeah. it's been a blast. So we are going to be doing this once every two weeks, so basically every other week. We hope you've enjoyed this, and of course, if at any point there is a topic you would like us to cover, please feel free to reach out. Yeah, let us know if you're watching us on YouTube. You can you can comment. I think other platforms for podcasts you can comment as well but yeah oh yeah so thank you so much y'all are awesome y'all are children of god don't you forget it right. catch <laughs> you next time